0: Is Haskell the best procedural language? Hello, my name is Eric Normand and this is my podcast. Before we get into the topic, I want to thank you for being on this exploratory journey with me. Uh, Sometimes I don't know where I'm going with these topics. and I hope that's clear (laughs) that uh, uh, these are just ideas that I'm trying to explore. I love discussing them. And um, I hope that we can all approach these things in a spirit of adventure. Okay. And also, before we get into the topic, I want to talk about my new book, Grokking Simplicity. It is out now in print. You can buy it on manning.com. You can also get it on Amazon. Uh, Maybe by the time you listen to this, it's already available. But If it's not, you can pre-order it and you'll get it as soon as it is available. Uh, They they say May 18th for when it will be available. The book is called Grokking Simplicity. Uh, it's the book that I wanted to recommend to people who ask me why are we why functional programming? What is functional programming? How do I get into it? There were a lot of books out there, uh, but none that were oriented toward a beginner who wasn't uh, who hadn't uh, really started their functional journey. There's a lot of books out there that maybe. If you had 10 or 15 years of experience in programming, um, you, could, you could work your way through, but nothing really for someone with just a couple years of experience. Uh, it starts uh, very basic. Uh, we talk about uh, pure functions. I call them calculations in the book. Uh, we talk about those for about eight chapters, uh, whereas I found that most books... Would just put a sentence or two defining it, and then move on to more complicated stuff. And I don't know about you, but I feel like that's where the meat of the benefit of functional programming is. The, the majority of benefit is in re- being able to recognize and and work with uh, first class. Sorry, uh, with pure functions. Then there's more benefit in first class functions, but that's in part two. So this is a two part book. Uh, approximately half is about Is about dealing with uh, pure and impure functions, calculations, and actions, as I call them. Second part is about first-class functions. All right, please buy the book, and uh, thank you if you if you uh, if you already have. Okay, so the topic today is about Haskell as a procedural language, and is it the best procedural language? I have to admit it's kind of a provocative title, um, you know, meant to provoke and uh and and kind of pique your curiosity. I'm gonna tell a story just to explain what I mean. So I, I, I worked in Haskell uh for about three years and at at a, at a company and one day the CTO was Fretting that the software was getting so big, like just number of lines of code, and he was wondering, like, what's going on? Like, is our problem domain that complicated that it requires so much code? Is it that complex? And uh, I agreed with him that it was getting big, but my comment was, well, we're we're not doing much functional programming, and. He said, What do you mean we're not doing functional programming? It's Haskell. It's you know what else could it be? And I didn't have an answer at the time, but I, I think I have an answer now. Um, I've thought a lot about it. And it has to do with Haskell's IO and do notation, and, and I guess the general attitude uh, around Haskell. This isn't really about Haskell. I'm not trying to dunk on Haskell or anything, Uh, but I think it's a disagreement I have with a certain attitude uh, that is common in the functional programming circles. So Haskell has this thing called the IO type, which uh, represents all sorts of different operations you can do on the outside world, actions that you can take. You can read from the file system, you can send um, a a web request, uh, you can get user input. All this stuff is uh, under the IO type. And uh, to make it easier to use and to be able to write more kind of procedural code, there is a syntactic sugar for Haskell's IO type. And it works for other monads as well, but it's called the do notation, and it's got it's syntactic sugar. Uh, it's it's pretty simple how it you know takes these statements, these lines, and converts them into uh, monadic bind operations. Um, and so it makes it really easy to write these kinds of procedural code in it. But it's not procedural, in the way that, say, something like Python is, where it's not actually executing the the lines, the statements one at a time. Uh, It is actually composing them up into a big value in the I/O type, and then it's returning from the main function that big value, so that. The return type of main is I.O. and it returns this big value. And so the runtime takes that, this computed I.O. value, and it executes it. It evaluates it and does all the stuff. Right? It does the email sending and the reading from the files and everything. So what's happened is all the all the impure stuff. Has been deferred to the runtime, okay, and that leaves your code very pure. Uh, And this is this is uh, a, a way to make your all your code in Haskell pure. Even though you do need to do actions, you know your software does need to do stuff. Uh, so the problem that I have with this. It's a cool system, okay? It's, it's neat. It's very interesting how they did this. And in other languages, they, they often call this an effect system. And there are different effect systems for Haskell as well, besides the built in I.O. one. Um, but it's called an effect system because it lets you compose effects, actions up, uh, and then have some system that executes them. The reason I disagree with this as well, disagree is a weird word. Let me just I, I won't I won't qualify it like that. I'll just say that to me functional programming is a mindset. And in in the story I was telling about about our code not being functional programming, even though it was in Haskell, the problem was we weren't doing the stuff I considered the most powerful stuff in functional programming, which was making higher order abstractions, making data abstractions, and operating on that data, Uh, representing something as a pure uh, domain model. We weren't doing that. Uh, we were writing what I consider very procedural code. Like you receive a web request, you uh, so that's an that's an, all this is all an I/O. You receive a web request, you validate it, then you send a command to the database. Uh, you know another another uh, action, and then uh, you get a response or you convert that to a response, and then you send it off. And like all these things were just like step by step. And if you did an analysis of the code, you would see that a good portion of our code was in IO, it was procedural code. And what I thought we should be doing, if we were going to go to more FP, is building, you know, you need the IO, fine right that's that's normal but more of our code should be pushed toward you know building up a domain representation of the current state of the system and then being able to operate on that state in a pure way uh in a functional way and then there would be just a minimal layer of io stuff so you know just as an example you could uh Fetch from the database. That's one I/O thing. Now you do this big computation. Like, what should happen next, right? Based on what's in the database, you generate this big domain, uh, a representation of the current state of that, you know, entity. And then you do some pure transformation of it. Then you store it back in the database, right? So the The layer that does the imperative stuff is very small. It just it just reads, does a thing a pure thing, so functionally, some functional thing, and then stores it back in the database. You know, something like that. I mean,'m I'm, I'm making a caricature of it, but uh, that was my idea. And the hope would be that by doing it that way, instead of a procedural way, you would gain a lot of. Um, it would it would take less code. Let's put it like that. Uh, you would you would be able to be more expressive with it. Okay, so the difference that I see is that in the mindset, you don't want to be writing stuff in IO. Right. Even though yes, in IO it's still pure, because it's Haskell. It's procedural, and you're thinking a different way. You want less stuff in I/O and more stuff in in functions that don't return I/O, right? And so this is the this is the I, I'm going to call it a disagreement now that I don't think that just because you're doing stuff in an effects system where where even your procedural code happens to be pure i don't think you're doing functional programming i think you're just you're just doing procedural programming with this with the you know the crazy indirection i guess that you know something else is going to execute the code right but you're not you haven't translated that into your thought process and how you're designing the system, how you're uh, creating the the, uh, the abstractions and things that that encode meaning in your program. So I'm not making a judgment call. This is more of a meaning argument. Uh, I'm arguing that functional programming is because it's a paradigm. It is about how you think, and just because your language makes everything pure does not mean you' are thinking that way. You're thinking in the FP way. Uh, Haskell I, I should say I'm not picking on Haskell, right? Haskell actually has the I think the IO type is like, brilliant in that it does cut the world. You know, on the right line, if you had to pick a line where, you know, this stuff is, is pure and this stuff is impure, the IO line right there is really nice. And so you have this type that represents all the actions. That's really nice because you can be sure that all the other stuff doesn't have any actions in it. Right? And so now you have this, the type system on your side they can analyze a huge amount of code and tell you yes these are all the actions but you still want to shrink those actions down you still want to make sure that they're essential so that you can have more of your logic and your domain and your the the meaning that you're encoding being done in the calculations okay so it's I'll say it again in a different way, FP is a mindset that, um, to my mind, I would say the mindset is separating out, distinguishing, uh, certainly in your mind, but you could also distinguish. You could have the help of the, of the compiler to, to fi- help you figure out what's what. But You're distinguishing between actions, calculations, and data. Okay, you you you're going to program with actions. You need to. Your software wouldn't do anything useful if it didn't. But you want to figure those out cuz those are the hardest to deal with. What are the actions and you want to only have the actions that you really need. The other stuff you want to push into calculation. A common way to define FP is not as a paradigm, but more like as a discipline where you're only programming with pure functions. It's a constraint that you're putting on yourself and on your your software that it's only pure stuff. And when you when you look at it that way, everything you do in Haskell is necessarily FP, even if. You, everything is in the do notation. Okay, then so you haven't made any kind of, uh, you haven't gotten any kind of improvement in, in, how you're modeling your system. It's still a procedural paradigm. Uh, you know, in terms of you know, paradigm as a mindset, paradigm as a set of uh, concepts that that help you solve a problem. Um, you're still in that procedural mindset, even if everything is pure and everything, because you're just deferring the, the actions till your runtime. Um, it gives you the, doing that gives you some advantages, but it's not it. That is not functional programming, as I see it. It's about the mindset. It's about creating these higher order. Abstractions that that the the pure functions allow you to do. It allows you to manipulate stuff in interesting ways. Okay, Uh, I think I think I've explained myself pretty well. Um, Really, this is a a, a, it's an argument about meaning. I think that functional programming is, is a mindset, and it's not a language feature, and it's not a discipline. Um, although the discipline can help, it's, it is about this distinction. The, this distinction is a distinction that this uh, actions, calculations, and data, the distinction between those three things. It's a distinction that other paradigms don't make. Which is good evidence that um, that it is, you know, essential to functional programming. And then another thing is, if you ask a functional programmer, you know, if you ask them what's the definition of functional programming, they probably won't say that. But if you ask them, is it important to functional programming to be able to distinguish between actions, calculations, and data? They will say, yes, it is important. It is vital. It is essential. You couldn't do it without, you know, you couldn't do FP without that. So my, and, and you can try that yourself. I've done that. I've gone and asked them just to confirm that. And I've never had someone say, ah, oh, no, that's not important. Um, and so to me, if it's. If it distinguishes us from, it's a it's a distinction that we make, functional programmers make, that other paradigms don't make, right? And everyone who practices functional programming agrees that it's essential. <laughs> to me, that's like yeah, that's the definition. Then that's what distinguishes us, and it's you can't separate it from it. So. Um, It seems like a a definition to me. Um, Okay. I want to thank you again for being on this journey with me. I'm exploring these ideas and I want to, I'm often just talking out loud. So, my name is Eric Normand. This has been A Thought on Functional Programming. Thank you very much, and as always, rock on.